Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Hello, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray always you are doing well. I'm always happy to be with you. This is a wonderful hour we have together every day, every once in a while an encore, but mostly live. So I'm thrilled to be with you. And um, I came across, well, I, I've told you I have a subscription to LifeSite News and to um, Crisis Magazine online. And there's an article by a gentleman named Jerome German. I've not heard of him before, but I find this a tremendously insightful article. And he is a retired manufacturing engineer, father of 11, and grandfather of a multitude. Uh, The description says his parochial activities have included music ministry, faith formation, spiritual direction, talks for men's retreats. Um, And before his retirement, his writing was largely in the technical realm. He's a boomer to writing for faith formation um, and and so forth. Um, So he's not a cleric. Uh, but I tell you what a beautiful Catholic man he is. And the title of the article is The War to Destroy the Eucharist. The title caught my eye because everything going on today, beloved, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, so to speak, and its force to control the world, to control us, for every arm to have a jab, so to speak, um, Uh, It's not a vaccine, it's a pathogen, it's going to change your genes and whatever it is. It's just a bioterrorism is one of the titles. It's a bioterrorism by injection. And the plan is to change the world, to kill uh, a percentage of the population and to control the rest. It's just demonic. It's absolutely demonic. And what has been from the beginning is um, uh, Satan's words, the Lucifer's words to our Lord, the highest, most beautiful angel, most intelligent being ever created, who said, I will not serve. I will not serve God. And he has never stopped uh, seeking to destroy God's creation, Uh, either that it worship him or that for sure it doesn't worship God. And the, the height of God's creation is his becoming man himself taking on flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary and becoming man for us, dying on the cross for our sins, rising from the dead to give all who will come to him life. And then uh, saying, behold, I'm with you always till the end of time. And he is in the form of bread and wine. Uh, as they become, through the words of the priest, the consecration, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, uh, It's an amazing miracle that God lets us do with him what we wish. Um, It's just an amazing thing that I don't know that I'll ever get over, and I don't want to get over it. To think that at Mass each morning we receive 
uh, God. We receive the very body, blood, soul, and divinity. We receive him who became 100% man while never ceasing to be 100% God. And he's given uh, himself to us in what we call the blessed sacrament, the Holy Eucharist. Um, And so if there's no Eucharist, said Padre Pio, the world would not exist. It cannot exist without the Eucharist. The Eucharist is Christ. And so the war to destroy everything of God um, on top of it all, at the bottom of it all, is to destroy the Eucharist. No church, no church, there's no state, there's no civilization. And so um, Jerome German has written a most, I think, uh, thought-worthy, excellent uh, article here, and I'm going to read it to us. He says, does the world need yet another article about wayward Catholic politicians and the Eucharistic scandal they and complicit bishops are providing? That depends. Persistence is optional if salvation is optional. One does not stop banging the pan. One does not stop banging the pan with a spoon while the bear is still in the kitchen. We walk among saints and monsters. Such are the days with which we are blessed. It is the ultimate naivete or denial to live in our error and to be oblivious of the fact that we are walking through a battlefield. Such oblivion pleases the powers of darkness a great deal. When the unarmed wander into the battlefield, they need not be resisted. They will fall in due time. On a battlefield, everything is a weapon. Information, water, shelter, clothing, medicine, and last but certainly not least, food. Starving soldiers do not win wars. The supply line, or the lack thereof, will determine the outcome of a battle just as surely as the quality of the munitions or the training of the troops. The Eucharist, when given to the dying, has been called by the Latin term viaticum, viaticum, I should say, that is, food for the journey. In a sense, we are all dying from the moment of conception. On that journey to eternity, we expend every breath in battle. To miss that fact is to miss life and to die without having lived, to perish for not having taken up life. St. Padre Pio died the year that this Jerome, the author, graduated from high school. His life was spent on the battlefield. Those who served him through his various illnesses tell us that he would say to them, bring me my weapon, by which he meant the rosary, his rosary, that ammunition belt of cartridges of love. In his zeal for the Eucharist, Padre Pio declared it would be easier for the world to survive without the sun than to do without holy mass. He knew a thing or two about spiritual warfare. He knew that starving, poorly trained spiritual soldiers do not win wars. Have you any doubt that love can be a weapon? In a spiritual war, it is the only weapon. Love your enemies. 
do good to those who persecute you, Jesus instructed. God is love, and love is power and might, the ultimate weapon. Some may intuit that truth and justice are weapons, but certainly not love. Their understanding is incomplete, for truth and justice are but salient attributes of love. How then can one weaponize the Eucharist? How listen to this, beloved. How can then, how then can one weaponize the Eucharist? How does one weaponize that which is in spiritual warfare already both the ultimate supply line and the ultimate munition, the truth that vanquishes? By now you are thinking, and correctly so, that concerning the hullabaloo about politicians and communion, what I am saying completely misses the mark. That when speaking of their fear of weaponizing the Eucharist, the bishops and pundits are referring specifically to the withholding of the Eucharist. Ah, yes, of course. It is the withholding that is feared and derided, but certainly not for the lack of the viaticum withheld. That's quite a statement. Those who receive unworthily do not even acknowledge the existence of the battlefield of life, the confrontation that permeates all of existence. Viaticum is of no value for the pulsillaneous um, struggle they are waging on the battlefield of vanity, a silly little socio-political game of prestige and saving face, the stuff of middle school popularity contests. Theirs is the immaturity that permeates our error. Listen, beloved, I think this gentleman has so far has a perspective that I've not heard before. Theirs is the immaturity that permeates our error. By supporting them in their sad little diversion from reality, our bishops are preventing their charges from marching into the battlefield of life and are galvanizing their oblivion to the real battle. Oh, dear bishops, please go to Crisis Magazine. This was written, I believe, on Monday. They thereby sacrifice these errant souls on the altar of their own petty clerical games of prestige and saving face. Of course, none of us can judge the soul of any person, but that's not the point. We have a duty to warn others from evil. No one really expects that withholding communion from them will work against them politically, and suggesting politics as a motive for the withholding is just a straw man argument designed to paralyze the church. We're going to go to our break, beloved, and I will finish this little paragraph and incredible point when we return. And again, at the second break, dear ones, we'll take your calls, your emails, and your texts, and the toll-free number is one 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustain Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones. Uh, this is Mother Miriam Live, and um, we are right in the middle of an article titled The War on the Eucharist, um, uh, and it is published in uh, Online Crisis Magazine. And I'm going to back up one paragraph to get us into the context of going forward. <clears throat> the writer is uh, Jerome, oh dear. Let me see again. I'm not familiar with his name. Jerome German. Again, he's a layman um, and very insightful one indeed. Um, let me pick up here. Those who receive the Eucharist unworthily do not even acknowledge the existence of the battlefield of life, the confrontation that permeates all of existence. Viaticum value for pusillanimous oh, go say that yourself <laughs> it's hard the struggle they are waging on the battlefield of vanity a silly little socio-political game they this is the bishops uh, against those who receive unworthily a siddle, silly little social Socio, I'm not, I said it right the first time. Socio-political game of prestige and saving face. The stuff of middle school popularity contests. 
Theirs is the immaturity that permeates our error. By supporting them in their sad little diversion from reality, our bishops are preventing their charges, the flock entrusted to their care. They are preventing their charges from marching into the battlefield of life and are galvanizing their oblivion to the real battle. They thereby sacrifice these errant souls on the altar of their own petty clerical games of prestige and saving face. Of course, none of us can judge the soul of any person, but that is not the point. We have a duty to warn others from evil. No one really expects that withholding communion from them will work against them politically. And suggesting politics as a motive for the withholding is just a straw man argument designed to paralyze the church. If anything, withholding communion from errant Catholics may enhance their socio-political standing among those who share their uh, sociopathy. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But to treat their rejection of the precepts of the faith as acceptable, I repeat, to treat their rejection of the precepts of the faith as acceptable is to advance the evil they promote. Those who promote this laxity are complicit in the evil thus promoted, and they are potentially complicit in the loss of the rejecter's soul and the souls of the scandalized. Dear Bishop, bishops, uh, this layman is saying that by promoting the laxity, um, being complicit in the evil that's going on today with so-called Catholics uh, receiving Holy Communion, you, dear bishops, are potentially complicit in the loss of, and priests, complicit in the loss of the rejecter's soul. President Biden receiving the Eucharist is a rejection of the Eucharist and of God and of the faith and certainly does not put one on the road to heaven. You are complicit in that, in the loss of his soul and the loss of the souls scandalized. Why we're not to receive the Eucharist unworthily? If we're not, as lay people, why are the bishops allowing public sinners to do that? To commune with heresy for the sake of unity is to mock unity. It is to cast aside the sign of contradiction. That is, it is to cast aside the source of real unity, the very one received in that communion. So what to do? What is unfolding before our eyes is nothing less than an all-out war on the Eucharist. And I don't know what's coming next in the next sentence, but I think the war against the Eucharist in this case is, um, is led by our bishops. I believe that. To have such scandal in the church, to care so little about the soul of an apostate as President Biden on receiving the Eucharist, and being responsible for the murder of millions of babies. 
and same-sex marriage and so many other evils. The source, the Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith, the bazillion megaton love bomb, must be disarmed, disarmed in order to defeat the faith. No one is more certain of this than Satan. Christianity has no secret weapon because it has no secret anything. There is a deep need on the part of those complicit in the massive atrocities of our age to find solace in a communion that is only a symbol, a shadow, shared affection, a brazen insignia of mutual back-scratching and goings along to get along, an emblem of solidarity and sin, the salvation of safety in numbers. This is all a mockery, beloved. It's a mockery. There's no real belief in the Eucharist. I cannot imagine. I can't judge the heart of any bishop or priest, but I cannot imagine true belief in the Eucharist to let it be um, given to those who reject the faith. For them, real communion. This is the art, back to the article. For them, real communion must be annihilated. Actually believing that one is receiving the real body, blood, soul, and divinity of the God-man while in a deep state of moral compromise is a terrifying proposition. Any exorcist worth his salt will attest to the terror that the presence of the Eucharist instills in demons. Satanists don't go to churches of symbolic communions to steal bread to desecrate. One can only desecrate with that which hosts something greater. Symbolic bread hosts nothing. Only real hosts will do. It seems, the article goes on to say, it seems that some of our bishops may genuinely believe that a remedy for the spiritually defiant is the spiritual shock, potential of receiving the Eucharist, but they grossly underestimate the the human ability to deny reality. Demons, of course, are not in a position to deny the reality of the Eucharist. See, we deny it. We human beings deny it, but demons do not, and they cannot. They know the Eucharist is God. That's my comment. Continuing with the article, God has allowed them the kindness that is hell, allowed them to escape the torment of his love, the judgment of his mercy, that unrelenting forgiveness that tortures their pride. But truth The Eucharistic Christ, the Word made flesh, the witness to eternal love, they cannot escape. They can hide, but they cannot forget. It is truth that torments them. Humans, on the other hand, are escape artists, spiritual Houdinis. We build what demons cannot build, empires of distraction. It is one of the dangerous niceties of temporal life not available in eternity. Not only do we walk among saints and monsters, but we walk among more of each of them than at any time before. 
while the case is made every day for a worldview of 50 shades of gray, it daily becomes clearer to all. But distractions, zombies, it becomes clearer to everyone but distractions, zombies, that apostrophe as zombies, that our choices are increasingly black or white, monster or saint. Jesus despises the middle ground, the centrists, the lukewarm, and he despises more than anything the vomitous kingdom of symbolic communion. End of article. I'd like to read this every morning, starting out. Every morning. I tell you, I I think it's the best article I've read of the situation of our day. Faithful Catholics, I can't imagine one of them that understand how the bishops can allow President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, any of them who deny the faith by their lives to receive God. How can you do that? You are the keepers of the sheep, of the flock, of the kingdom. How on earth can you, can you, could anybody allow someone who utterly rejects God, even if they don't understand, they do. I can't get into anybody's mind or motives. I cannot get into President Biden's mind or motives. He probably thinks he's doing something in good faith. It's just his own belief. I don't have any idea what he believes or understands or knows, but God knows that. And whatever he believes, um, we are to receive God in the Holy Eucharist worthily. And if not, we bring condemnation to ourselves. And there's not one Catholic politician who has voted for abortion. There's no Catholic that has voted for abortion that can receive Christ worthily. Zero. Unless you first repent and go to confession. It's the only way. Otherwise, you are sealing your place in hell. I don't know... Um, uh, when when Father Altman said you cannot be Catholic and a Democrat at the same time and it upset the whole world, all the bishops and so many people, uh, what's wrong with that statement? To be a Democrat used to be okay, but today it is indeed the party of death. And they have voted to put God, G-O-D, out of their platform. They voted to eliminate God. How can one be a Catholic and be part and support a party that has eliminated God and is responsible for so much evil in our nation? I'd, I'm with Father Altman. I have no understanding of that. It's ignorance that would do that. It's ignorance. It's emotion. It's voting for personality, not truth. Dear ones, there's the music for our break. We'll be right back 
and we'll have a whole half hour to ourselves to take questions, comments, emails. Be right back. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day and the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814 676 1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And we have a whole half hour to ourselves right now. And um, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, and again, uh, your, your calls, your emails, your texts uh, never have to be about our subject, the heart of the matter is the matter of a your heart. So um, I'm going to reread an email from yesterday because this is important and I, I wanted to make a suggestion at the end that we didn't have time for. It's an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Dear Mother, <clears throat> I write to you because I hope you will read this, whereas I cannot go to my priest or bishop about this matter, for they would not agree with my husband and I trying to avoid getting the vaccine. Well, I'm sorry that your bishop and priest would not agree. Uh, I find that tragic. My husband, she writes, is working on his PhD. He has less than a year left before his completion. To tell you a bit about us, we have been married for three years. I'm a full-time mommy of two little 
husband's under two years old. My youngest is two months. I will be homeschooling our children, and we take a vocation very seriously. We are young and healthy. My husband's college is trying to force my husband to get the COVID vaccine or else be kicked out of the school. This has me sick to my stomach. I cannot fathom my husband having to get that shot, but he is so close to getting his degree and he needs to be able to provide for our growing family. He cannot just walk away from his means of doing that so close to the completion of his program. Oh, yes, he can. He can just walk away from it. That's right. Now, if he, he could choose to not walk away, but he, he can. So to say he cannot just walk away is, is not true. He could make that decision. And she goes on to say they do not allow for a religious exemption, um, but I don't know how we should write this statement so that it will be accepted. If we say we are Catholic, they could just say our request for exemption is not valid because the president of the U.S. is Catholic or that the Pope himself says it's okay to get the vaccine. Well, to that I would say um, we don't base our eternal life either on the president or the Pope when he's not speaking ex cathedra. We base our eternal salvation on our Lord's teachings of the church. And he says, thou shalt not murder, and nor shall we uh, live. That's some, that make, make sure that, nor shall we live based on the, the product of those who have been murdered. Um, please, Mother, we need help to know how to best write this statement in a persuasive and thorough way that explains why getting the vaccine is against our religion. Do we even say we are Catholics? Please, Mother, please help us. I'm so scared. And I suggested yesterday, you don't need to tell them you're Catholic. You can simply say you're a Christian and not have them bring up Biden or the Pope at that point. Not to hide that you're Catholic. If you say you're Christian, it's true. Uh, The first Christians were Catholics. Um, Catholics, Catholics are the fullest Christians on earth. And then she adds the statement from the school, religious exemption, quote, religious, religious exemption um, is a written and signed statement from the student that they object to immunization due to their religious beliefs. And again, parent or guardian signature is required of students less than 18 years of age. The statement must address all of the following elements. Explain in your own words why you are requesting this religious exemption. Um, Describe the religious principles that guide your objection to immunization. Indicate whether you are opposed to all immunizations, and if not, the religious basis that prohibits particular immunizations. Um, And then she ends, God bless you. You've been such a blessing to me this past couple of years, Madeline. Um, God bless you. Uh, now you, you gave your name at the end. I'm sorry. It says anonymous to begin with. Um, I would simply say that I am a Catholic who believes Catholic teaching and, um, uh, were, had the, the vaccine nothing to do with the use 
either in the manufacturing or the testing of aborted baby parts, I might consider it, but we cannot uh, protect our lives based on the murder of others. I simply make that. That is our religious belief. That is what God has dictated. Thou shalt not kill. Um, and aside from that, we do we object to all immunizations? No, not if they are not made with immoral materials. However, um, COVID has proven to not be a vaccine. It has proven to be a pathogen that has killed over 5,000 people in the United States. So, um, no, uh, it doesn't... Uh, so many people have died from COVID vaccine, if not from the first shot, the second, that we have no confidence that it will immunize us from anything. So to begin with, um, it's a product made from aborted baby parts, and it also does not um, uh, immunize us against uh, disease. In fact, our bodies have antibodies that are more effective than that shot um so i would just say all that and you go online and you'll find plenty uh this is what i wanted to say yesterday um to go online and um oh my um i'm uh, i'm looking at a picture of lying on a baby that can't be more than two months old being immunized how awful how absolutely awful um all right. Um, there are medical exemptions that include um, allergies to the vaccine or components of the vaccine, immune system disorders, um, philosophical exemptions, also called personal belief exemptions. There are religious exemptions based on the tenets of an organized religion that prohibits vaccinating its members. Well, our um, religion as Catholics prohibit vaccinating its members with uh, any vaccines so-called that are made or tested with um, aborted baby parts um, and, the, and the fact I object to being vaccine, vaccinated with something that's not a vaccine. Uh, so what I was going to suggest yesterday and I just looked up now um, all you need to put in, you're going to get tons of things. Um, uh, the religious groups they listed include some Abish, some Dutch Reformed churches, some Muslim fundamentalists. Um, uh, it goes on there. I'm, I'm on the f- a site that's verywellfamily.com, one word, www.com verywellfamily.com but all you need to do dear one is uh, do a search engine do a search um, on um, how I can refuse the vaccine uh, reasons to refuse the vaccine and you can uh, get sites such as what I've just referred to you can also look up statistics on how the vaccine has murdered and maimed thousands and thousands of people. Stories all over the place. And simply, and what it does to the system, and what it is that it's not a vaccine. And it does not 
there's no proof of immunization, nor has it been approved by the FDA or anything else, and you will not take anything that's not approved by the FDA. All kinds of reasons. All kinds of reasons. So um, you've got plenty of ammunition on the website. And uh, again, go back for a few weeks uh, straight. Every day on LifeSite News, you will find many, many articles that will give you tremendous amount of information. Okay. Um, we have an email from Thungan, T-H-U-N-G-A-N, who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I hope you're well and are always being protected by Mother Mary. Thank you, Thungan. That's just beautiful. A pastor, he writes, from a Catholic church in Texas, mentioned the LifeSite website in his preaching in June when our family had a short stay there. Since then, I've listened to your channel. My daughter is 15 years old, and she's going to Boston for a week for college camp at the end of this month. She will be a resident student. My husband would love her to have the Pfizer vaccine before she enters the dorm. He took her to a local pharmacy for the first dose early in July. She's going to have a second dose soon. I'm very concerned for her health. We've had a lot of arguments in the family lately. I do not want it to happen again for our four children, uh, years 7 to 15. Dear Mother Miriam, please give me advice. Thank you very much. God bless you always sincerely. I'm very sorry you have that struggle with your husband. What I would do now, um, I won't take time on the air, is simply look up problems with the Pfizer vaccine. Look that up, number one. And then look up, again, lots of LifeSite news articles on what has happened to children from the vaccine and particularly a story going around, um, let me just see, um, about a child being vaccinated who was fine on the first vaccination, but was maimed for life on, um, on the second. Um, there are just so many articles on there. Um, here's one eminent doctor says COVID vaccine is bioterrorism by injection and has likely caused at least 50,000 deaths in the U.S. alone. Um, uh, there's this, a letter to parents from July of this month, a letter to parents planning to vaccinate their children for COVID. Um, and this woman gives two very frightening stories of children that have been vaccinated. Um, and this is the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, a, a young girl named Cameron Thomas, she was 17 on March 19th, 2021, when she took the P Pfizer vaccine. She died 11 days later, having collapsed at home and was by her family. And you can read the whole story. Um, children just being killed by that vaccine. You've got to get that story to your husband. Um, here's a note from a doctor who operated on an 18-year-old girl and said, we are facing something not normal. Healthy teen's death after AstraZeneca shot astounds the surgeon. He says, I've never seen a brain reduced 
to those conditions, and it's from that vaccine, a vaccine. So, beloved, uh, we can't be blind. We must not let fear guide us. We absolutely must not. Um, I don't know what else to say on that. Um, so I would say don't argue with your husband. Um, uh, just print these articles out and let him read them so you're not arguing before your children and all of that. Um, it's not a good thing to do. Uh, but if you can print these things out and save your daughter from getting a second shot, you will do well. Again, there's a story specifically on Pfizer killing a uh, 17-year-old, a healthy, healthy 17-year-old, and other teenagers after the first shot or and or the second shot. Beloved, we'll be right back after this break. Don't go away. Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have a little more than 10 minutes. Our lines are wide open, and you're very welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We have an email from Ruth who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, Thank you so much for your show and all your work. I live in the UK and value this show. I'm starting the process of converting to the Catholic Church. Bless you, dear one. Bless you, Ruth. This is, if you convert to the Catholic Church in this day, you're going to be a true Catholic and your heart wants truth. God bless you and and protect you and lead you. Ruth says, I'm starting the process of converting. My questions are, number one, what would you recommend to help with converting? Such What resources would you recommend? Well, dear Ruth, I don't know what you're converting from. If you've been a Protestant or an atheist or member of another faith, I might be able to help you with a more direct resource. But I would suggest that you read The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. Um, and let's see, uh, Patrick Madrid has a wonderful series of books, starting with Surprised by Truth. It's the story of 11 evangelical ministers who became Catholic. Uh, very good. And then go to Catholic.com and um, number one apologetics organization, I think, in the world. Go to their shop and type in apologetics or conversions, and then you'll have lots of books to pick from that may be more specifically directed toward your situation. Number two, uh, Ruth asks, would you advise someone to join the church with all that is going on with the Pope, etc.? Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Jesus had 12 disciples, and um, uh, they all left him at the cross except John. Would would Jesus advise anyone to join the church? Yes. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, and the church is his body. It is the church he founded. There are 40,000 denominations. None of them are the church he founded. The Catholic Church is not a denomination. It is the church our Lord founded, which is why it is um, uh, attacked 24-7 by the enemy. Absolutely, yes. You join in this day, in any day, not because of the state of people, but because of the truths of our Lord who gave his all for us. Ruth says, by the way, I had the AstraZeneca vaccine, and I have noticed that my menstrual periods are messed up, and I don't feel too well. Dear Ruth, we will pray for you, but do not get a second shot, no matter what. She says, I would value your prayers and the prayers of your sisters. You always feel like a warm hug. How beautiful. She signs it yours, Ruth. Oh, that's lovely, Ruth. Um, uh, and yes, you've got our prayers and the prayers of our, our community. Absolutely, sweetheart. Don't stop from looking into the church. Don't stop. Find, find strong, faithful Catholics and hang around them. Um, another email from someone who writes an anonymous and says, Good morning, my that I've known personally for a long time was just placed on leave <clears throat> due to serious sexual abuse allegations. Oh, doesn't that break your heart every time you hear it? 
I never would have imagined that he was capable of committing such an act. He was always, now I tell you, um, to, it used to be that if a priest or anybody was accused of sexual misconduct, uh, they would continue their life uh, until proven guilty, assumed innocent until proven guilty. Now the whole world knows it before they've even been able to defend themselves or have a trial. It's, so I don't trust all these things uh, that he has been placed on leave because of serious sexual abuse. It should never even be made public until they are absolutely proven uh, um, guilty. Uh, It's terrible to destroy people's lives like that before anybody can go up. They don't like a priest, they don't like a bishop, and they accuse them of sexual molestation or something else. Anybody can do that, and it takes them out of uh, functioning on the nose. I think that's evil. Um, In any case... um, uh, This person writes, I never would have imagined that he was capable of committing such an act. He was always so friendly and approachable. There is something that is deeply troubling to me, and I am having a tough time with it. That's understandable, dear one. It's hard to feel like you can trust the clergy when even those whom you know personally could be partaking in this type of evil behind closed doors. Um, Hold on a minute. Um, He or she continues, between this situation and the lack of accountability for bishops, uh, bishops, would you please listen to this from the heart of your sheep? Between this situation and the lack of accountability from bishops, the supposed leaders of our church, I am starting to feel like I have no one to guide me in my faith. I feel it says a lot that I, along with many other people, feel more comfortable writing to Catholic radio hosts such as yourself for guidance rather than our own priest or deacon. We should be able to look to our local parish priest for spiritual direction. Indeed, you should. But nowadays, it feels like it's almost impossible to even find a priest who is not caught up in some sort of cooperation with evil whether it be involvement with allegations such as those described above or a failure to abide by priestly duties and uphold the true teachings of our faith. I feel ashamed, she says, of the mockery that has been made of Catholicism and thanks to those who were supposed to be leading us toward the path to salvation. Quite a sentence. Dear priests and bishops, This person says, I feel ashamed of the mockery that has been made of Catholicism. So have I. I'm terribly ashamed of the dirty laundry of the Catholic Church. It's people, not the Church. In its essence, is Christ. But Catholics, particularly leaders, and particularly bishops, making a mockery of the faith all over the world. And she says, thanks to those who were supposed to be leading us toward the path of salvation. I would really appreciate any advice you can offer to deal with my discouragement. Thank you, Mother, for being one of the few remaining solid Catholic entities that we have left. You are endlessly appreciated. Well, God bless you. Um, And I bless God for keeping your heart focused on truth 
Um, the only advice I can offer is that which I live by myself, to know that we are in whatever stage of the end times, the end times began with Jesus on the cross. That was the beginning of the end. The last 2,000 years have been the end times. How close we are to the end of the end times, I don't know that. I don't know that anybody really can, even though there are numerous signs, but I don't know that we could accurately understand that. But we know that men's hearts will grow cold, that bishops will be against bishops, that there will be a great apostasy, which I think we're in. Whether it's the great apostasy, the depth of apostasy, I don't know. But to have bishops approving abortion, to have bishops equating abortion with the just war theory, um, same-sex marriage, approving LBGTQ, and sexual homosexual union it's it's total apostasy it's awful they've lost their faith and so what you need to do is thank god for your faith because it is a gift and continually be grateful for the faith he's given you and don't compromise on a single thing and let god use you as an instrument of his love and truth in this world that's turned from him god bless you We'll speak with you tomorrow.